0: Welcome to the Solomon's Porch podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning. Happy Easter. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen, and you're dry mostly. Um, so... Today is Easter Sunday. Um, you may, some of you, maybe have grown up in a church like I did, in, a, in a, an environment where uh, the image of Christ is still depicted on the cross. He's still hanging on that cross. So when you come into to worship uh, in a place like where I grew up, you still see Jesus on the cross, like continually dying for our sins. Uh, you may have grown up in a church where the cross is bare, Um, And and there's no, he he is not on that cross anymore, but by the verbiage that you hear in that church each and every week, you hear every single Sunday in painstaking detail, the gory details of the death of Jesus. Uh, Maybe you didn't grow up in church at all, maybe your only understanding of Easter is maybe what you see on TV, and that's a bloodied, beaten, tortured Jesus. Jesus. Or if you're flipping channels, you might see Charlton Heston yelling at the ocean, which is not anything to do with Easter, but they always play it around that same time. So. Or maybe some of it is just a conglomeration you know, of all I just mentioned. But here's the one similarity I find in regard to Easter, in regard to our understanding of the cross and what it all means. The similarity I find is that there's a big, big, big focus on Jesus just getting beaten up and beaten down and tortured, and it is part of the story. But today, ladies and gentlemen, is Easter Sunday, and Jesus is not on the cross. He's not still dying for us, and he has done it. And today, he has come alive, and that's what we celebrate in the church on Easter Sunday. We don't. We don't. Talk, it's not about the beaten up and the hurt Jesus anymore. He has come alive. I love trying to explain the Easter story to my daughter. And that she understands that Easter is about those mean old bullies put Jesus on the cross, but three days later, he came alive. And I love that she understands that and recognizes that. Because that's what today is about. Whether the cross you see is bare or the cross still depicts an image of Jesus, Easter is about Jesus being alive. And here's the good news. We all have the opportunity to partake in that new life. It's not just for Jesus. The resurrection power, the transformation that occurred in Jesus is available to you and to me this very day if you haven't yet taken part in that transformation. And so here we find ourselves, and I want to share the video touched on a verse in Mark chapter 16, verse 6. It said this, you're looking for the crucified Jesus, he ain't here. That's the South Georgia version. <laughs> he ain't here. He gone. He's risen. That's what, that's what, this is what today is about. And so uh, here's where we are. Torture could not keep Jesus down. Death could not hold him. He is risen. And this is the good news that I want to share with you today. Romans 8 chapter 11 is the verse I really want to zero in on. And it says this. And this is what I'm talking about. The transformative power that occurred in Jesus is available to you and me. And here's what Romans 8, 11 says. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So here we find ourselves, this is, here's the deal, this truth applies to those who believe. I, I need you to listen to that for a second, because you might read this and go, wow, that's really good news. I don't have to die. Well, no, that's not what this verse means. This is a spiritual birth. This is a, this is a promise for our mortal bodies on earth will have life in eternity. The Spirit of God lives in you. That is a promise for people who believe. That is a promise for people who say, that wave the white flag and say, I'm done with myself. This is the promise of Easter. It's not just a, a, um, uh, if you showed up today, it's automatic. Christ has done it for everybody, but you have to want it. You've got to want it. You have to choose it. And the promise today is that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, listen, the Spirit of God who allowed a bloodless heart that hadn't been beating for three days. The Spirit of God restarted that heart. The Spirit of the living God inflated lungs, inspired them that had no air, no breath in them for three days. The Spirit of the living God started firing brain synapses to start going in a brain that had not been working for three days that same transformative power that happened on that Easter Sunday is available according to scripture to you and to me that's really good news that's really really good news and it applies to those of us who believe as I look at this verse in, in Romans 8 1, this is or eight eleven. excuse me one of the things I've learned as, you know, I guess being a pastor and doing seminary and all that is whenever you look at a verse or a sentence even within a verse, it's very, very, very important to always look at the context, to look at the verses before, to look at the verses after, to consider what's going on. And as I was looking at this verse for this message, I couldn't, I couldn't just look at this verse. I had to look around it. And so here's what I want to do. I want to read to you uh, Romans 8, starting in verse 1 through 17, and, and 11 fits right neatly in there. And here's what just happened. I said I want to read you these verses, and some of you heard, I'm going to read, and then all you heard was wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah, because you just kind of just went out. You were like, okay, I'm just going to chill for a minute. And she's going to read, and then she's going to tell me what she just read. So I'm just, I'm cool. This is what we do. We do it in, we do it in school. We do it in business meetings, and we do it in church. I'm giving you permission today to give a sharp elbow to the ribcage of the person next to you if they don't look like they're paying attention, because what I'm about to read to you folks are not my words. They're not the United Methodist Church words. This is the word of God, and it has transformative power. And I want to share it with you, because I want you to hear this. I want you to, I want you to see how, um, how this comes alive, Like my daughter says, he came back to life. And here's what the word of God says um, about this transformative information. Here it is. Beginning in verse one of Romans eight. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. You ever felt that before? Like wherever you go, there that is. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. That's good news. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as as something remote and unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. That's sin, by the way. Entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once for all. The law code weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now, what the law code asked for, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of, and we're good at this, redoubling our own efforts, try really hard to be really good, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Those who think, if if there's a time for an elbow, look around at your neighbors. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. We do that, right? We just try. I'll just try harder. I keep coming back to the same sin, but, oh, I'll just try harder this time. It's what we do. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious free life. This is a transformative life that God makes available to us. Those who trust God's actions in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. I already read that, but it was good enough to read again, wasn't it? <laughs> focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God. God. Ends up thinking more about self than God. The person that person ignores who God is and what He is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. Verse nine. But if God Himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of Him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed—listen, this is important. This is a you-gotta-want-this thing. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you, who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, You yourself experience life on God's terms. And this is where the transformation comes in. Because we all know what it's like to live on our terms. Let's surrender and live on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. Bringing you alive to himself. When God breathes, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as, Jesus, as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life, one red scent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid Grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us. Sometimes that doesn't sound like a good thing. But it's an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, and we've done that, haven't we? Then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. And this is God's word for the people of God. So today on on this Easter Sunday... What I would like to offer to you as, as your pastor, as your friend, or maybe it's just that, who's that strange lady up there on the stage, I'd just like to offer this to you. If you're down today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is risen. And, and he doesn't want you to stay there. If you find that you are broken, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is risen and he wants to heal you. If you find yourself discouraged, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is risen and he wants to bring courage to your life. Because the same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead wants to raise you up as well. If you find that you are addicted, I want you to know today that he is risen and he wants to destroy that hold in your life. Not you, but that hold. If you find that you today that you're struggling, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is risen and he wants to carry that burden for you. If you find yourself today feeling just kind of apathetic, I want you to know this. Jesus Christ is still risen. And he wants to infuse passion into you. And if you find today that you are just kind of floundering around through life, I want you to know this. Jesus Christ is risen, and he wants to bring purpose to that life. And if you find that you were lost... I want you to hear this today. Jesus Christ is risen, and he wants to help you find your way home. Because he is risen. He is risen. He, that transformative power that God used to bring Jesus to life is available to you and to me. He is risen. We're, we're going to sing in just a moment. But you know what I thought about in regard to singing? I mean, because we can sing. We, we're, all of us are really good singers in our cars, right? You know? But when we gather at church, right, we're supposed to come together and sing praises, right? But unless, unless you have waved the flag and unless you have said, yes, I need that transformative power in my life, I have been trying, I've redoubled and redoubled and redoubled my efforts to try to live a life of goodness and I keep falling short. Listen we can't truly sing out praises to God unless we have waved the flag and said I surrender I need your transformation in my life God I need it so in a moment when we sing If you've done the surrender, if you've made that decision, if you've you've called out to God in fancy ways or not so fancy ways, in recited, repeated prayers or all alone, doesn't matter how it happened, if you have called out to God and said, I need you, then when we sing together, you're going to be able to sing praises to God with that realization that he has offered transformation to you. And maybe you haven't been living in it, Maybe you kind of forgot about it. You can sing praises to God and say, oh, no, no, I'm in this. I'm in this. But maybe there will be some who haven't yet waved the flag, who haven't yet said, yes, I understand that Jesus has taken my place. And I want to offer this to you if you haven't yet done that. While, while the band plays and, and, and we're singing together, I urge you, I. I can't say enough how important it is for you on this Easter Sunday. No matter what everyone else is doing, is to find your way to one of these kneelers. There's three over here under that cross. There's three over there under that cross, and you have a conversation with God, and you say, "I need you." I need the transformation I need the transformative power That brought Jesus to life in my life Because otherwise I'm just a dead man walking Find your way over there Have that conversation with God And then when you're done And listen, God God hears you talking all the time So it doesn't have to be fancy or frilly or anything It can all be one syllable words If you gotta do it, it's okay Jesus knows you didn't have to be ultra-fancy prayers. I remember my prayer that I prayed alone in my bedroom on that one day, and all I kept saying to God was, yes, I said a few words, yes, I believe. And then the rest of my prayers was, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I was listing the things that I could remember I was sorry for. And the tail end was, and I'm sorry for the stuff I can't even remember that I need to tell you I'm sorry for. So those are simple prayers. We need the transformation. We need this to take place in our life. And after you've prayed, you just come back and join everyone else's singing. And then you do one more thing. You take that connection card that was given to you by that smiling, beautiful person when you came in here today. And you make sure that you write on that connection card, I I surrendered today. I gave my life to Jesus today. However you want to word it. Because I want to pray with you. I want to come alongside of you. As a church, we want to partner with you on this journey of faith. Because that's what it is. It's not a one-time dog and pony show. It's a journey of faith. And we want to be on that journey with you. Maybe today is the time that you say, I've been playing church. I've been playing around. I prayed the prayer, but I haven't been serious. Today is the day that you say, No, I need the transformative power of God in my life. I need a Resurrection Sunday. That's what today is about. Mark 16, 6. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I I thank you that these words are true today and they are true every day. These words that we are about to even sing together, Lord, these words that say this. And then on the third...